Good day, good evening, good afternoon, good night, and good morning, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Black Cauldron. I almost said the Potter Watch because I'm like, we meet so infrequently these days. <laughs> it's like catching us together, you know, it's almost like Potter Watch. It's like the fans are like, is an episode going to come out this week? Can but you find us? You know, I don't know if they've missed this terribly so because somehow, because we had a lot of bankable episodes, but we ran out. And so this is technically this is our second episode we recorded for 2021. Just so you know, and it's March, and it's March. So... And I just want to point out, in the last one, I did say it would be March. <laughs> <laughs> you did, you did. But this episode will come out in March. It will. It will. No, self-fulfilling prophecy or another kind of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at Trelawney over there in Parn, hey. Ohio. <laughs> I was reading the tea leaves. I'm Before I you. go any further, let me introduce my co-hostesses with the mostesses. They are lovely. We have Professor Deb. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? I am okay. And we have Janina in Farn, Ohio. How are you? Good. I'm not going to lie, ladies. I did miss us talking about the books. I've been reading other books, by the way, you know. Stop Um, that. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, how many times can I reread these books? You know what I mean? Particularly when we're going to them in a fine-tooth comb. With all this reading, I would have been rereading these part of the series. I have to write something. And I don't want to write. I much enjoy our discussion. But I have... It's crazy. It discovered a new, I shouldn't say a new author, but discovered reading new author, um, Octavia E. Butler. Yeah. I do not understand how this woman is not shouted from the rooftop and a movie and all of this other stuff. I mean, I know why, but I mean, her work. There's a really nice article about her and her work in this week's New Yorker. Mm. Yeah, I think they did a podcast, um, they did an episode on her recently, so... (laughs) I keep it in the back of my mind to check her out, but um, she is great at world building. She is Afrocentric. She is inclusive. And mm-hmm. let me just say the parable of the sower. Oh my I, gosh. Such a good book. It is so it's scary. I told Janina, I don't know whether I was reading the news. I know. Whether I was watching no. a prophecy. To, I, I mean, like, it has literally so haunted me. Years ago, me. it came out. She was prescient. So true story. You told me to get the book. I got the book. I started the book. I'm not loving the book. I have to start over and refocus because I really, at this point, don't want anything to do with it. And I've heard nothing but good things about it. So I'm going to give it another shot. She has a slow build up. She, is that she, what it she, is? Yes. She starts out slow. Okay. And I think it is. I think it's because she wants to make sure that the world that she is creating, it's very clear. Um, well, because I think sure she's trying so. to do something. Um, <laughs> because I think, you know, people create this sort of a magical world, but she isn't creating a magical world per se. It is the world that we know as it is. She's just creating magical characters, people, if mm-hmm. that makes some sort of sense. 
Well, let's not get too far down that right. rabbit hole, but, but I will anyway. give it a, maybe it'll be a topic of conversation when we finally get through Harry Potter, but right. I'm going to stretch this out as far as In I can. In the year 2000, I, I mean, like 20, 2100, I think that's when we're going to get to a new book. I think so. I think uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> and people in Octavia Butler book, they live for a very long time, so hopefully we're one of those special people. Yeah. Um, All right. So we are back to the Harry Potter world and where we were last time was that they just had a conversation where they just escaped narrow deck again. Uh, Because these children seem to be, I mean, have we counted up the number of times these children have faced death? I mean, like, that was in book seven, but just like in, I mean, (laughs) this is almost like, I I think Mrs. Weasley say, you know, you children, y'all find trouble all the time. Like, you know, y'all wander off into forest, and even when they're well, they're still in a forest technically. <laughs> but you know, like the amount of time they have uh, scraped dead, it's almost—it's funny that that doesn't—that isn't a character in the book, though we've literally just met a dead character, right, in the tale of the three brothers. Because right. these children right. would know this. I mean, that would be like, look at my friends, look at my friends over there playing with me. Look at them, look at them. <laughs> They're playing with me. Reels, I have a theory about that. And that is, you mm-hmm. know, when adults don't do what they are supposed to do, the, the, the fact that you put young people in jeopardy over and over and over is the result. It doesn't, you know, it's not like, you know, okay, you didn't do something right. Adults didn't do something right. And then kids are in jeopardy once. No. It's like when adults don't do what they're supposed to do, when they don't meet their calling, when they don't resolve their issues, then you have a circumstance where you have set things into motion that will put young the next generation in jeopardy time and time again. And that's what I think we see played out here. Well, I mean, this is, I mean, this is really what we deal with. You know, in our real life, non-magical yeah, Harry yeah. Potter life. But it's rather interesting you should say that because I think we discussed this earlier on about how very lackadaisical these adults have been about yes. the Voldemort situation. They sort of just let this situation like fester and they're like somehow it would resolve itself. And the person that they typically relied on, Albus Dumbledore, is dead. And no one seemed to have not even like a backup plan they just beside you know just like keep my head down as possible even though danger is like all over the place and you're right you know the children have to put themselves but you know even before let's well the danger has always been Voldemort related it is true but somehow I mean it's like no one seemed to be trying to get them out of you know like, like, I always go back to the fact that Mrs. Weasley wanted them to stay at the bar and the girl, you can't protect them. You couldn't even protect yourself. Right. Y'all had a wedding. I didn't know why. Y'all like these masked people here. I want to have a wedding in a pandemic. Let's do it. Invite <laughs> everyone. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? So, 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 uh, Ms. Molly Weasley doesn't seem too strange after all, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, we did talk about that, right? And I was just like, why are we doing like in the middle of a pack, like girl, this, this is an existential threat. Like, okay, but um, so Xenophilius, you know, we we finally get to what the Deathly Hallows were and are, and I don't know if we sort of discussed this last time around, but what did you all think about the Deathly Hallows, like as a concept, as um, the idea of like unifying these three, you master death, um. 
I'm curious to hear what did you think. And interesting, we, we talked about everything about this book, but never got to this particular topic question. Each of the each of the hallows represents some other aspect of 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 power, so to speak. You know, the, the you've got the one which is kind of physical power, and you have the, the you have the cloak which is kind of avoiding. You know, you that's right. the power of avoidance because you just cover yourself up and no danger can stay. You know, you don't have to worry about trying to overwhelm danger. You just avoid it that way. And the the resurrection stone is where you have the power to control. Um, you know, it's almost like a natural control. It's controlling, bringing somebody back from the dead, but it's really kind of controlling the natural process, nature, mm-hmm. so to speak. So they kind of represent, you know, those three aspects in my mind. And so I always found them very interesting. But what I found even more intriguing was the way they totally took Harry off his game. Um, that they totally distracted him from what he was supposed to be doing. <clears throat> They somehow met some need in him um, that took him took his attention away from the mission they were on, which was to find the Horcruxes. And perhaps that was this kind of um, maybe that was the story that maybe that was the moral of the story of the of the three brothers was mm. that it was how tempting these things are to going on with the the real mission that you might have in life. They were going someplace. Yeah. And they, somehow that whole thing seemed to collapse when they met dead. Right. Um, but it's it's interesting you say that because I thought that was sort of a, um interesting response from Harry because, I mean, he more than anyone else, I mean, like he shared all the information with the children. He understood the key element with the whole cruxes, right? Mm-hmm. He understood right. how crucial they were in defeating Voldemort. And exactly. he had literally seen a battle with Voldemort and and Dumbledore and where Dumbledore should have won, right? And and you know, Dumbledore Voldemort said, you know, like, you know, you don't seek to kill me and Dumbledore was just like, There are other ways of destroying a man. Because mm-hmm. he knew then that it was right. impossible, you know, like merely killing him was not going to do the job. And dumb, and, and by him way in which he, he attempted to possess Harry, it was very clear that that was what it was to, that he knew that, you know, you couldn't kill him. Or, you, you know, he was, if it's one thing, Voldemort is arrogant. You know, what's many things, and arrogance is one of the top things. Right. So, and it was so when these things came about, you know what I mean? Like, yes, he understood the cape and everything. I was just like, yeah, boo, but even if you did get the stone, the the um the cloak and the wand, what were you gonna do? You think you're gonna run around Voldemort and sneak up behind him and then like knock him out? I think like, you know, they knew they had the cloak. And I guess they thought, I guess he thought if he had the resurrection stone, he could get some more advice from Dumbledore or somebody, you know. I think he wanted his parents back because he wanted his parents back first and foremost. But he thought, but that that alone was a piece of power that he would be able to have to, to, that he would use to meet Dumbledore, to, to vanquish 
Voldemort as opposed to following the path that um, Dumbledore had placed him on, which was you will destroy Voldemort by destroying all the Horcruxes. Now, maybe that looked more attractive, you know, um, to, to do it with the Elder Wand um, as opposed to, you know, one by one, I'm getting rid of these cups and lockets and, you know, as opposed to Yeah, that. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, let's be honest, something we never talked about, but, you know, we know because we're in a pandemic is fatigue. Right. Bitch, I'm tired. I'm tired of this life. I'm tired of being in seclusion. It, 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 I'm tired it, it, of stuck in this place. Getting this done. Let's do it. Right. Right. Uh -huh. But, but the, the problem with that alleged shortcut, as you point out, Deb, is just like, like the shortcut was not like there was nothing. There was no concrete um, evidence to support this thing yeah. that yeah. he knew that Harry had to have known. He had seen since his, and Dumbledore said this. Boo, you brought me the evidence in book two, in year two, of what this man had done and what he is capable of and how it is to destroy him. So to me, this seems like, you know, what you put it, a distraction. And to me, it was just like problematic because, first of all, the cloak was doing nothing else but being a cloak. Right. right, the cloak wasn't any kind of special powers. I mean, like, I guess it could probably repel spells per se, but... We've never seen no one has ever actually directly attacked the cloak, right? But we, right. we would later see that the cloak does, you can't summon the cloak. The cloak works like a whole corrupt, right? You can't summon it to you. And, you know, like it protects the person completely and everything. But, I mean, it was just a cloak. It wasn't doing it. It's not like Doctor Strange where his cape or cloak does something magical. You know what I mean? Like it, right. it was right. just a cloak. So to me, it was. But I guess it's in that moment, you know, the key became, I don't want to say irrational or exhausted, but this, the potential of this does mm -hmm. seem attractive. And it's it seemed an easier thing to find, particularly since you already had one of them in your hand. Exactly. And he would and believe that. And very quickly, he surmised that he knows where the, the stone is. Yes. And what, what he's looking for. So that just seemed like, okay. As opposed to, you know, trying to find these Horcruxes. Because they don't even know the hell to look now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And, and Horcrux is that dangerous to play around with. That you can't... Like, messing with the Horcrux had been... Like, all of the Horcrux you'd seen, right? The book, the ring, and the locket had all been very dangerous objects. Right. And they, they all had lives of their own. They and they sought to kill them. people. Right, exactly. And, and they, they fought back. Those yeah. Horcruxes fought back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they didn't just they didn't just roll over and let you deal with them. No. They they exuded some power to fight back, some resistance. And they were all about, yeah, we gonna mm -mm, people, we we gonna snatch you. Right. But I remember when we finally know what all of the Deathly Hallows are. Um. I, I I felt genuinely confused. Like I didn't know what was supposed to happen. And immediately upon finding out what they were, going, well, why? Why why are we doing this? And where is this all gonna play out? And I mean, I know we'll get there. I'm not sure that. I don't know that it really does, to be honest, other than teaching that fairy tale lesson, right? 
they aren't necessary tools to solve the issue at hand. They're really not. Um, all of all of the things that they accomplish, they can do without ever knowing what the Deathly Hollows are or having any of them. But it really I mean, is a side story in itself. Well, no, I mean because I think this is goes to some of the brilliance of the story that this woman wove, like a plot point, I should say. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to give it because here's the thing, though. Because, like I said, you know, Voldemort is obsessed with Harry, and this is an Rita thing talks about an unnatural uh, and unnatural assup, um, obsession that Dumbledore sort of had with Harry, but it's really Voldemort, right? And this is this is this is beyond anything that I think anyone had ever saw before, because even from the beginning of the opening of the book, right? We had this thing where McGonagall asked the question, like, what? He went after the baby, and the baby brought him down? Like, and McGonagall is an old, wise woman. She had been around, and you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, she knows some stuff. You understand what I'm saying? And I think it's, it's the, the thing that I think obsessed with Voldemort as well, because he, too, is facing this dilemma. This child, this ex this non-extraordinary child because harry has displayed nothing extraordinarily magical right perhaps just the patronus right but we know that we can dump that down to just sheer force of will that he needed to create this to, to save that he's extraordinary he in moments right but he's not displaying no one's gonna write about harry like they write about even percy Voldemort, Harry, um, Hermione. You know, he's not extraordinarily magical in that sense. But Voldemort is obsessed with destroying him. And this obsession has gone beyond anything anyone had ever seen. And he now realized that he can no longer attack him in the traditional manner in which he had gone about this, right? That the Horcrux couldn't defeat him because he found out about that. Attacking him as a baby, as an adult, the wand situation... Like, it's, it's, it's just everything is wonky. So now he has to go beyond now. And this seemed to be the thing, right? That could be it. Because he, and he's obsessed with one object only, with the wand. He's not, obje- yeah. he's not obsessed. And he's obsessed with the wand, not for its capability of mastering death. He's obsessed with the wand because the wand is allegedly unbeatable. Right. And that's right. how he interprets right. that. That 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 um, I guess what's what I want to use here, that dimension I guess, that's how he <laughs> interprets that a mastering debt that you know like, he cannot be killed by possessing this wand, and I don't think that's how it is. I think this story sort well, of like. But at this point, he doesn't even. I don't think he knows. He doesn't think that he can get killed. He still doesn't think that he can get killed at all. He doesn't know that any of the Horcruxes have been destroyed at this point. Well, well, but he, but also he doesn't. But he doesn't know what is capable of happening next. That's just the thing that is that is. I mean, like he can no longer bank on the fact that his Horcruxes is gonna keep him alive, right? I mean, it's gonna put him in because I mean. This man has been exiled in for full 15 years, uh, but not 11 years, sorry, right? Because of Harry as a baby, this magical curse. He tries to kill him again in the graveyard. 
temporary income totem happen, and this thing is like crazy magic that he didn't even know what to do, right? Like he's completely, completely stunned. He was scared in that graveyard. He decides to kidnap the wand maker. Wand maker said, "Ooh, well, I kind of suspect something like this would happen, but ooh, can you give me more details?" But the wand maker is kind of pointless because the wand maker cannot explain any of these things per se to his satisfaction. Because the wand maker cannot give him a solution to this problem, right? The right. solution he come up with is borrow another wand, right? So there is no connection anymore. But that doesn't work because remember the part that he doesn't know is that Harry is a whole crux himself, right? right? That is the part that he doesn't understand. And I think so, and that, I think more than anything else, that whole scene in the sky shook him up because at that point he no longer thought Harry. He never we, he no at this point he no longer went after Harry in that manner. Right? He was busy with other things. I mean that one broke Lucius Malfoy. It didn't just it didn't just repel the spell. It literally went in and destroyed a whole magical another magical object. Like disintegrated into pieces. So I think he then decided, oh shit no, I have to go for a literally a weapon because he again he couldn't get the um he can't possess him right he he can't possess him we learn in book five right. and he doesn't have the prophecy and there is no one to tell him that information because in his arrogance again he killed the person who probably could who could have told him what happened which was Dumbledore because he saw Dumbledore as that because initially in between him and Harry exactly he sees Dumbledore as that barrier. So let me remove that because he then tells, I think he tells Dumbledore at one point, it's the love magic, old magic, which Dumbledore talks about that protected Harry in the first place. Because Dumbledore did something else afterwards, after the mother's death. So it, it is, the, the story for me was really interesting because it showed, because taking Voldemort to the situation, look how obsessed the brothers were. They completely, the two brothers, Lost track of their life, got arrogant, you know what I mean? Obsessed with power, control. So I think she's trying to show us different ways in which, you know, possessing magical objects and possessing magic in some ways in these unusual, like seeking out unusual magic, because that is the question, right? Did death actually make these things or did these men? clever men succeed in making these objects, which is actually a scary thought. That that was what I thought Dumbledore Voldemort would have tried to do. Is that, why don't you try to make these objects all over again? Because someone did it. We clearly don't think that never appeared in this manner. So, for me, the story sort of like was, it worked like a fairy tale, as you said, Janina, but I think it was also given a sort of a Asking philosophical questions, which I think I think adults would get that, not necessarily children. Um, but it was asking us, you know, how are we going to, how do we approach, look at power dimensions, and how do we, when when given power, how do we act with that power? So you know. Yeah. The other thing that's happening right here is, in addition to Harry being distracted by the Deathly Hallows, he is upset that he doesn't have the same connection that allowed him to um, that to be able to hear Voldemort's thoughts. And he um, 
you know, the, the images and things that he was getting, he no longer gets those as sharply as he did before. And he no longer discusses it because, you know, of course, he, he lied and told Hermione he wasn't trying to do that anymore. But <laughs> for some reason, you know, he really does, he, in a way, he, he felt somewhat comforted by being able to tell what Voldemort was thinking or where he was going or what he was doing. And it even says he was worried that the connection between himself and Voldemort had been damaged, a connection that he both feared and whatever he had told Hermione prized. Somehow Harry connected these unsatisfying vague images with the destruction of his wand as if it was the Blackthorn's wand's fault that he could no longer see into Voldemort's mind as well. So he's distracted by both of those things. And in the meantime, Ron is trying to keep them, keeps talking about, you know, what are we going to, we got to get back to the Horcruxes. So, you know, it's really kind of, um, it's the whole episode with Xenophilius and learning about the Deathly Hallows has kind of thrown a wrench in things um, because it's really, Harry is obsessed with, especially the wand, trying to get that power and being able to, um, to you know, keep it out of Voldemort's hands too. Well, there is that, but I, I, I think he does. I don't think he is. I, I don't know if he has. I think he wants it because it seemed like the attractive thing to get. And I think one of the reasons I think Dumbledore sort of go with it, it's almost like um, like in Lord of the Rings, right? Like you, you have the power. You, you can't give it to the big strong man. You, you can't. You can't go about because that has proven problematic, right? Which is what the first brother did. When you have these objects, people lose sight of themselves and inside of right. sight of whatever it is that they need to do. Yeah. And they get complicated and, and they get distracted and get off blown off course and all of that jazz and whatever the case may be. So you have to go about the situation in stealth. You have to go around the back. And this is what I think the whole crux is what it is. And I mean and again, the whole cruxes are really the only thing to destroy this man. Like nothing else, I think. But maybe the doubt of not having information from um what's his name? From Dumbledore is what is leading him to be like, oh, let me do whatever, right? You know, mm-hmm. I can make it up now because so much of it I have to make up on my own anyway. So let me see if I can do what I want to do here, but I don't know. I, I, I feel for him, but you know, again, I'm with Ron here. So oddly right. enough, I, I, maybe it's him. He is surprised that he is the one who should do this, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it, You're always surprised when Ron makes a rational choice. Ron says, you know, why all why the surprise? But um, the other thing Ron is doing is Ron's still trying to um, get the get on the get the wireless to get Potter Watch, and um, so that he can they can find out what's going on. You know, he he had had he's the only one that's had any experience with the Snatchers, and so he wants to kind of find out if he can get them into uh, Potter Watch and find out just what's going on in the outside world. Um, so you know, Ron and Hermione finally are able to figure out the password and get 
um, and get to hear the broadcast. I love this part. I know. It's really so good. And it was a great use of um, a way to get information, but also to to do it without kind of stopping and just being expository. You know what I mean? Right. So you really get them, you know, kind of in real time with almost like another aspect of the storytelling unfolding. And what we're finding out is that, um, you know, Ted Tonks has been killed and different people that they know have been killed. And um, they talk about a muggle family. Um, So we see that the killings that have been associated with the rise of the Death Eaters are continuing. Mm -hmm. And it's also nice to... um hear that you know people that we care about and we've been wondering about are safe yes yes um even though um <clears throat> we, we lost ted tonks that uh, and then they also did get the word that but but um batilda bagshot's body has been found mm-hmm. so you know places where they have been you know they're finding out information about that and they're also here on one of the people that they hear from on here is Kingsley mm-hmm. and Kingsley is telling them um, about she's talking about the fact that the muggles have no idea where what's causing their suffering um, they they don't know what's going on and um, you know this they're recognizing that if we don't if they continue to go down just to a wizard first without dealing with helping muggles then they are no different from the death eaters so, you know, you get some really interesting um the ethics is coming in the ethics is coming into play now, right? Yeah. Because yeah. wizards are sustaining that wizards are sustaining losses and nothing is safe anymore, right? Kingsley <clears throat> had a nice cushy job floating with the real world and the magical world and mm-hmm. that's gone. People that, you know, like people who hurt no one are getting killed. And that they don't seem to care. I mean, because I think that whole muggle registry force your kids to be in school. That got people going, right? You know, that like people yeah. cannot ignore. You you can't ignore um, that this shit is fucked up, basically. <laughs> you know, but I'm just, just put it away. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because, I mean, you could see, you know, the times that they had tried to hide it you know they were like mm, this is okay because we've already established that many of them have anti-muggle sentiments oh yeah but but they understood it quite differently they thought that it, you know it can be it's like i don't know we can it's like i hate volume we could turn it up and turn it down like how we like it yeah. until someone roll up on the scene and be like well if we're going to turn this up let's turn it all the way up <laughs> Right. And he would be like, no, 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 that's not what I mean. And it's just like, what did you think it was going to happen? What is the next next natural conclusion, right? Yeah. It's like the Nazi Germany. When you took out, when you when you forced the Jewish people out of their jobs and put them in, in, in ghettos, what did you think was going to happen? Mm-hmm. That you were just going to go and take over their property and it be okay? And that these people just, you know, you didn't have to worry about these people. You know, like, like you know, like, I don't know, like, it's like a piece of paper. You can just shred it. But, well, they, they do that naturally, right? And these are human beings. And these are actual human beings with real lives and real being and had a purpose and, you know, doing all of this stuff. 
But I think to the magical world, I think it's waking up to the reality and it's too late because there is nothing that they can do. There is just there there is no fighting back. And you know, they had to wait for even well, I guess we're gonna get there. But the even their plan is in ill conceived towards the end. It's just that they got lucky. I guess this is just a writer writing, you know, this because I find it hard to believe it, you know, like Volmo's gonna put it all on the line just like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then just be like, let's have an all out war, sir. We're not planning anything. Nothing. We just want to show up and just think, you know, but we shall the see. Other, the there. other thing they find from Potter, Potter Watch is that um, people are are showing their support for Harry. Um, and they recognize that um, and that people are actually being um, um, punished if they show if they have any allegiance to Harry. Um, they're doing they did an update on their on friends of Harry's who are suffering from their allegiance and um, somehow or another they 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 got um, um, they got love good and he's been in prison supposedly for um, being a supporter of Harry and um, then Hagrid wasn't actually taken into custody which is he was able to get away but they do have um harry they have support harry potter parties and they're recommending that they not do that because people are being punished for showing any kind of support for harry so it's just really interesting that they're listening to all of this and they're finding out you know what's going on and who is trying to kind of hold keep the the spirit up you know as they're going through this difficult time But I thought that was rather, um, like you said, you know, the interest in which they sort of got information, you know, it was all sort of convenient, right? Because they were getting pretty antsy. They were worried about their action causing repercussion because everywhere they have gone, basically, out into the real world, they have left footprints, like massive footprints. And they have caused, you know, like damage, (laughs) mayhem and potential damage for a lot of people. I mean, in the Ministry of Magic. I mean, when they, uh, I'm assuming the the um, the form of these two people, um, when they went to Godric Hollow, and you know, they do when they seem to go places, they do leave blundering footsteps. They're almost like Hagrid in a China mm-hmm. shop, basically. You know, what I mean, they just they they're trying to be incognito, but somehow that just never seemed to work. Um, but I thought this was really exciting. I was like, oh, look at them have wireless radio. Let me find out the magical world got like technology that is like, you know, like, like it's in twenty from, from, uh, almost 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I felt like this was like, you know, like a family listening to like a, an address that was out for the whole world, like during a war and old exactly. black and white movies, you know, and. That's that's what it reminded me of, and the, I don't know this just this moment of them um, listening to this and learning things. It just felt really special, mm-hmm. and um, I just I loved it. I loved it. And then Harry has to go fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. In fact, Janina, it even says um, when they when the when the when the uh, Potter Watch 
when it ended, it said the radios, the radios dial twirled, the lights behind the turning tuning panel went out. Harry, Ron, and Hermione were still beaming. Hearing mm-hmm. familiar, friendly voices was an extraordinary tonic. Harry had become so used to their isolation, he, he had nearly forgotten that other people were resisting Voldemort. It was like waking from a long sleep. So yeah. I think right i mean it was so- and we forget as readers that there we know that there's stuff going on out there because ron has given us tidbits but we forget that this struggle is so much bigger than the piece that we're privy to in the book right because we're only looking at it through harry's eyes right in the book yep and then as you said janina harry oh harry <laughs> you know the yeah. mistakes that he makes at times. I time, am happy that you are coming over to my side. I am not coming over to your side. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the mistakes that he makes in moments like these are so small with huge consequences, right? right. And they are, like in this case, it's totally a product of I want to say arrogance. It is but what it know, is. You know, Harry you has know? used Voldemort's name. Even when everybody else was shuddering, you know, it was like like Mufasa, ooh, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. from, from the first book. My favorite scene in that movie, one of my favorite scenes in that movie. <laughs> he always remember fear of a name is right. Is is you know it's it's like fear of the thing of the thing itself. He has always been, um, I mean, from the very beginning, he has used Voldemort's name, mm-hmm. and I think that that would have even though this was a big mess up, considering that Ron told him. I think I'm sure he told him. Ron oh, he told did him exactly. Ron, he told him, this, is, he said, this is how us. they found us. This is how they found us. Because if the name is taboo, the name has a curse on it. The name has, you know, been bewitched. That if you say it, that's you know, any protections you have are gone. So except you know, in Grandma's place, though. Right, but I think he has. But he has always used his name, and so in the moment of excitement, and when he thinks it's been, he's mm-hmm. been um, validated that Vol- that Voldemort is out there as as abroad looking for the wand. He blurts it out. And but didn't you feel like so he blurted it out? Watch, I think, but, but that that issue came up because he explained it was explained that they came after Kingsley. That even because here's the thing that bothers me the most about Harry. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we before we pass up the the misstep, when it I is the misstep we're talking about. Go ahead, if I. But he, remember, he says he says Vol. And then Ron, because this is how it happens in my head, right? He says, Vol, and Ron's like, oh, my God, no, don't say the name. Right. And I feel like I feel like I can see Harry, like, rolling his eyes, like, bitch, I'm going to say exactly. it. And that go, exactly Demort. What I said. He could have stopped. And that's why, yes, he did always use it, but he also knew in this moment that you couldn't. And he had the opportunity to not do it. And it was kind of like a, fuck you, I'm going to do it. Because there was this, um, because two things I, I think it's it, it is that 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 was exactly what I had in my head when it happened, right? Like it's just like because I think they mentioned that they actually stopped because when Ron came back, Ron told them explicitly 
that yeah, you know that the name is tabooed and they had said that they had stopped they were using you know who because you know they didn't even realize that they weren't but then mm-hmm. again they weren't really talking to each other anyway right they hardly said anything harry and hermione hardly said anything but it was but, but but the thing that bothered me the most in this moment is when harry does crazy shit he can't back it up <laughs> he's just there like huh <laughs> and you know someone else has to clean up the mess and this is what because it's like boo you cannot fight Voldemort you cannot you cannot mm-hmm. you cannot fight him and every single time his little henchmen are problems for you too right and I mean like let's be and you know I'm going to get back to this you know I'm going to dig it every moment Boo, all you got is stupefy. That's all you got, boo. And <laughs> Petrificus Totalis. Boo, that ain't working with the snatchers. The snatchers are here to snatch your life. They want to stop you from breathing. Kingsley. Right. Kingsley Shockable. Had to fight off two to three of these bitches. And you all here acting like, oh, God, whatever, Ryan. <laughs> I said, Voldemort, like... Why do we get because you know that <laughs> that sense of energy? I could because I've this was one of those moments I felt it in the book. I felt, oh, you know, because it was kind of dreary, right? Just like, oh, fuck, xenophilius, what the hell are we doing? I knew that man sent somebody to get these children, right? Because I had, because like I said, you know, like I was already uneasy as soon as they had stepped in the house. I was like, where is Luna? This shit happened, you know, like they, they blew up that, 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 that thing. I don't, God, like. Ron came back cursed into high heaven, <laughs> you know, because Ron has a potty mouth. This shit happened, you know. The guy in this, and he felt re- he felt energized, like yes, no major fuck up happened, right, out in the world, mm-hmm. right? You know, like whatever, you know, like, they didn't really know Ted Tonks, and we're gonna get back to Ted Tonks and the the, the, the Tonks people. But I was just like, oh, good God, child, you do this. Every Deb, you didn't think time. that you didn't think that no, was a funny moment. You I thought didn't. it was a genuine slip up. I thought it was a genuine, um, you know, reverting back to the way he he had always a, a, he had always said his name. He um, was feeling himself. He was feeling yeah, himself after that part of what. I do think it I was. Mean, Janina, you felt that too, right? Yeah, they felt that. For sure. He was excited. He was excited. The broadcast was over. His thoughts turned around toward his all-consuming obsession. He's still looking for the wand. I knew it. And they tried to talk to him. Harry, come on, Hermione. Why are you so determined not to admit that it, that Vol and Harry, that's when Ron was like, Harry, no. And he, he'd already started. He'd already said it. Voldemort's after the elder one. So, I mean, it really was like, oh, my God, you know, this just reinforced what I've been thinking all along. Because he has been sitting there brooding and thinking about this stuff before Ron found Potter Watch. So, I think, you know, it just came, it just kind of came because, you know, it it was a natural um, result of all he's been focused on in these last few days. Look at you being an amazing auntie, Deb. Meanwhile, yeah, Janina and I, with your bad punch, I'm going to punch him <laughs> under the table. Oh, We're going to kick him under the table. I want to kick because, him under the table, too. Because, because he was careful. He was not careful. I don't think me. I think it was carelessness. I don't think it was I'm just the baddest bitch up in here and I'm going to say Voldemort. I think, <laughs> I think it was careless, carelessness I think it was initially. Carelessness. 
But I do think that he had the opportunity to stop and catch himself and chose not to. Because he knew exactly what the consequences were. And what got me even more annoyed was the fact that you were mouthing off about his name over some shit you shouldn't have been mouthing off about at all. That this wasn't your business. That you were told this one bullshit. Because it's like, but what are you going to do with this elder one? Say, stupefy? Is that what you're going to do with it? Because that's all you got. <laughs> well, he made me think his, his stupefy would be a, be graded up if he had the oh other one. Oh, my God. <laughs> it would be stupefy plus, you know, if, it, if I got the elder one. <laughs> what is it going to do? Knock him out for five minutes? Because uh-huh. the shit y'all be doing is a minute. They got up next two minutes later on, they're up on the ground battling, whatever. Meanwhile, y'all leave them with their wand. It's like a police just throwing a stone and knocking the man out. Be like, leave him with the gun. Like, we'll pick that up later. Like, no. But I was, this just got my, reading this, my heart was just like, (laughs) and they were in there and I was just like, at the very least, because when I hear, come out, come out, we know you're in there and the cliff hang off a new chapter, right? Because that's how that chapter ends. I was like, oh, fucking Christ. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. This you better asshole. cut that out. Deb's going to be praying for your mouth later. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, this is. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Breathe, breathe. They're in the tent. At least they can't see them in there, right? Kind of like this is the, this is the Perkins tent, right? At least they have some protection, whatever. No, that's not true. All protections are gone protections when are gone. No, they say the name. Right, but I mean, the protection of the thing has broken up, but they're in the tent. Clearly, the oh, statues don't yeah, know how many are in there. Right away, like right. who's in there. And then exactly. Hermione does her magic. Yep. <sighs> Thank God for her quick thinking. Like I said, who seeks Solve all the problems <laughs> that pops up. You know, like that's Hermione's job. I keep telling you, Reels, if you do it over and over again, it's not Deuce as Machina. Because it is, it is, it is part of. Her, it is a, it is a characteristic of her, of her personality to do this. It's and the not, professor, but this is who she is. But this I is hear you there. But this is this, this is what makes me annoyed because Harry is quote unquote the default leader. It's just default leader, right? He gets them into shit, and then because this isn't spectacular moment, right? This is because. J.K. Rowling's going to save the spectacular spectacular for Harry later on. Right? But here is the moment where Harry's just like, uh... Hermione, get me up there. Hermione, do something. Hermione, you know, it's like, it's like a husband who does who, who doesn't know how shit happens in the house. You know, those TV classics? Mm-hmm. It's the husband who is totally inept of the house that he's been working for and paying for and, you know, buying the stuff. Honey, I don't know how to work the dishwasher. You know, then the, the wife goes away for work in the, the scene where the wife has to be out of the house and the husband is left at home with the kids, his kids. And he tells his friend, buddy, I got to babysit the kids. I don't know how to do anything. Can you tell me how to make a cup of coffee? This is exactly this moment here where the, the man does the stupid shit and, and then the girl is expected to fix it. And then because her I don't think any, but no, 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 that's not accurate. Because, because here is here, here, here is the thing that Hermione understood precisely in that moment that Harry didn't understand. That to be found with Harry Potter at this moment, it wasn't even so much that the Snatchers found them, because the Snatchers didn't know who they had there. 
The right. problem was what was going to be the even more problem and consequential for them all is that the Snatchers found Harry Potter. Because right. at this point, they could no longer even, she wasn't even thinking about hiding Ron, who shouldn't have been there, which was even the bigger, which was even a bigger problem, right? Because they just hid him before. She right. could no longer think about Ron. She had to protect him. And he put all of them in trouble. And, oh, and he yes, didn't even put them all in danger. Yeah. And he didn't even think about that. That his presence, because and it just because just 10 minutes ago, well, it's not 10 minutes ago, a couple of days ago, Hermione said that Hermione, Hermione didn't even go under the cloak. Right? Hermione hid Ron and showed them herself and him. Because she had to say that. Because you couldn't prove Xenophilius to be a liar because you're putting him in danger, right? So they had to see him, and they knew how valuable it is. Because, I, I, again, they didn't even think that they were going to get, um, that Harry was really there, right? right? That's why they said two people. And then to find him here, the most wanted dude in the whole magical world. Boo, your picture is everywhere. And you just jeopardize. And like I think only later on he learned the, the 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 protection spell. It's just like oh my god, I was so pissed, so pissed. And 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 this is why I'm saying that you know like in these moments, Harry's whole brain like we we, we don't have any insight. It's the, this is the moment when J.K. Rowling sort of like skips over her hero and gives us no insight to his mind. Right? There is a gap here. What exactly is Harry thinking in these moments? Oh, but you, but you, he's not thinking about what's at, at least in this particular passage. While they're dealing with this, he's got an image of, of Voldemort, and he is mostly he is so distracted. Um, you know, with he he is having one of those visions of um, fragmented visions were breaking mm -hmm. across the surface of his mind. He's not even thinking about the danger. He's not even present, right? That's what you mean, right? He's not even present there. <laughs> No, no, he's not. He's not. Which is like, oh God, God. But this—that's significant, also, because this is—he forces himself to come away from that, which is something that he's not been able to do. Right. So even though that's happening and he's not fully present in the moment, we see him growing in this moment because he knows I can't do this right now. And as much as he doesn't want to and how he has felt in the past that he he didn't know how to, he found that within himself to let this connection with Voldemort go. It is this moment where he learns that he does have some true control over it. And that's significant. I, I I am going to go back with my girl Hermione here. Do you <laughs> like this? You like this shit. In this moment, he said, because, he said because you because in this moment, because you always he had prize that. He prized those visions. And yeah. I am just like, I'm just like, God. Because you oh. mm -hmm. Real. Because, breathe. Go ahead. Take a because, moment. <laughs> because here's the thing, because, because the book takes a very different turn in the next chapter, basically, when we get to Malfoy Manor, right? Yeah. So she stings him in the face to obscure his thing. There are many things that are happening here in this house, which is just like, girl, is, are we writing a children's book or are we writing an adult book? Because Greyback is talking about rape. Mm -hmm. You know, let me have a little bit of this girly. Malfoy, again, Draco Malfoy, is looking at his school friends about to be murdered. 
yep. and fingers them. He fingers them. Mm-hmm. And the crazy bit about this situation is that Bellatrix picks the girl and the mudblood. And you see how arrogant she is? I will run you through the, this night. This woman isn't playing. And we have a whole scene where she takes down three wizards. And even J.K. Rowling says, this was a woman with prodigious skill, meaning they were no match for her. She brought down a werewolf. (laughs) She brought down a werewolf to his knees. And that was the implication that I was really interested in, is that he couldn't move. Mm -hmm. And she didn't utter a spell. And she told Harry about this shit. She was like, look, hello, magic, at my master's knee. But you cannot. You cannot. You're not on my level. And she showed that right then and there. She put a werewolf under her submission. Because of the Listen, sword. Bellatrix is a bad bitch. Yep. And all of this Period. is happening with, with school children. And, you know, Malfoy has mild interest in this situation. Because, again, these people are dealing with their own shit. Right? Mm-hmm. And there is Ron having to scream. And then Harry says the thing. Calm down, motherfucker. I was going to kill you. I was going to kill you. I was going to kill you in that cellar. And then there is Luna. And there is... Well, Dean came with them, right? Because they had Dean as well. Yeah. And I was just like, this is too much. Okay, so let's break this down a bit. Let's we're we're like you know feeling all the feels and and of course we are, but let's let's actually talk about what's happening here. So they get to Malfoy Manor, and um, I I want to know what you thought when um they bring Draco in. Who so Hermione is recognized first, correct? Right, because they said they had a picture. It said you, she was known to be traveling with Harry right. Potter. So it's it's her that they recognize first. Right. And it's kind of like, hmm, then if this is her and this is the Weasley boy, you know, right. whatever. I mean, this you has can't to hide be he, Potter, right? <laughs> right? This has yeah. to be Potter. Go get Draco. Let's mm-hmm. get Draco and see what he can tell us. I know everyone is afraid to be wrong because we find out that we find out that there have been very explicit instructions that you do not call Voldemort back unless you've got Potter. Period. And they've been in a lot of trouble before because they yeah. have fucked up. Under yeah. no circumstances can they fuck this up, right? Right. So Draco, come and tell us. At least not these period. people because they've they. It can't be the Malfoys. Yeah. And well, and this is this is the first time also, I think, that we see um, true fear from Bellatrix. Mm-hmm. When, you know, the she appears. Yeah, there it's uh, isn't it Lucius who he, he wants to be like, OK, we got him. Let's call Voldemort. And she's like, uh-uh, wait, stop. Right, right. Wait a minute. And then she exerts herself over him as well. I, she is but a character I love. So there isn't anything. No, but she's like, you're gonna listen to me because if you don't, I'm gonna get you. And you know, he he backs. I, listen, he doesn't have a wand. Plenty of he could have taken his wife's or you know. I mean, well, nobody he was already her. in trouble. He's already he in trouble. Yeah, so he's like, yeah, I'm not gonna do this. 
But I want to know if you and if that's you why he, buy... he wants to do it. He wants to, he wants Draco to get a positive ID because he's looking to if he, he wants to be redeemed. He wants to redeem himself. He yes, wants, he wants he to be what he needs to do. <laughs> he says, this is my house. I will be the one to call the Dark Lord back. He's petty right. children. Got yeah, it. he's so petty. So do you think that Draco truly didn't recognize Harry? That's what I want to know. I think oh. it was the same oh. thing when, when Narcissa lied and said that Harry mm -hmm. was, um, dead. was dead. I think, no. I think Draco... I, I think Draco feels way in over his head that, in yeah, the that. whole situation. And he doesn't want to be the one to yep. say that it, you know, he doesn't want to give the, the definitive answer because of fear. Well, yeah. well, I mean, I think, I mean, I think you, uh, you know, I, I know um, J.K. Is, is making the white blonde boy redeemable you know and you know he is we can um he can be um rehabilitated but in this moment i think you mentioned something that was really important that i felt as well is that as well is that draco first of all draco accepted a mission to kill a man mm -hmm. he accepted mm -hmm. that mission proudly he bragged about it Mm -hmm. Now we can say this is youthful exuberance that he didn't really understand about the situation in that moment, right? Like he, when he got there, he just couldn't, right? But right. there was inevitable that he would have done it anyway. I think, but for the um, agreement that Snape and Voldemort had, which we spoil alert. I'm um, sorry, but you know, the Snape stepped in and. But Voldemort, what's his name is, I mean, like, Draco is on borrowed time because he's already, his death is almost promised, right? Because, again, these Malfoys have not been delivering what they have been claiming to promise. Right. Yeah. At yeah. no point have they been, you know, like, they were out, you know what I mean? And, and you know, Paul Bellatrix is so associated with these inept people. You know what I mean? And Snape, yeah, and, Snape and already gathered her together. And, and you know, remember, that's, she's dealing Voldemort, with that too. Voldemort will always link you to your family. Mm -hmm. Remember how he he's ready to link her to Tonks, mm -hmm. even long the how distant that relationship is. So she knows that she can't really cut herself off from from Lucius and Narcissa and Draco mm -hmm. because that, that doesn't happen in Voldemort's mind. You will always be connected to your family. So okay, you have proved yourself by exterminating these people, and she well, hasn't done you that. You have to do a whole lot of stuff to make to show that you're not connected, that you know you're not loyal to your family, because he doesn't believe it. He believes you're always connected to them. Yeah, he will. You know how he taunted her? Was she gonna babysit? You know, he was the, he the was, Cubs. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he was. Now he haven't even though she, he knew she had no no connection with those people. She hadn't seen that those people, is, but he still, still threw it in her face. He'd be so digging you with a hot poker. He'd be like, "Girl, exactly. And this, this is your sister, so you know you're not getting away from <laughs> your twin sister. <laughs> exactly. So you are not getting away from this. So plus." Now, Bellatrex realizes, especially when when she sees the sword, that we that now the now the stuff done got real. Yep. 
Shit about to get messy again. Like <laughs> real messy, and I'm gonna be right in the middle of it because that's that that thing is in my vault, and this was supposed to be in my vault too. Exactly. And meanwhile, I put it in there personally. Exactly. All this is happening while Harry's having these connections with Voldemort, these visions. Exactly. Exactly. But not enough, and he's getting he's getting slivers of it. Yeah, just little pieces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so let me just say my tension and the anxiety in this scene is like, whew, it's yeah. high, it's high. This was, this so was just like, I just like, we got many more pages to go. It can't end here. It cannot end here. You feel like this could be it, right? You know, you, know it, crazy you didn't thing. have the whole book in your hands to know that you're really just past halfway through. You think like, oh my God, this could be it. Mm-hmm. And you know what's the crazy thing? I know these children didn't know magic to save themselves. They didn't. Not what I just saw Bellatrix did. I knew they couldn't handle her. No. Oh, no. No, no. No, no. I don't know. Even if you had a wand, this shit was going to go sour real quick anyway. And I was like, ooh. And then... When they went downstairs to the den, to the in the cellar, locked in the cellar, right? And Hermione, Hermione stepped up there to be tortured. Oh, that whole thing just got me. Oh, water in my eyes. I was really, I was really mad. I was really, really mad because I was like, Harry, we were in a tent twenty minutes ago, listening to the radio. You don't gonna mess this shit up, and I don't even know how to help you. Because I know you don't know magic to do then you don't even have your wand. And Bellatrix means business. Business like there's nobody else there. She's ready like Freddy. And then when she was done and Grip Hook comes up, they had to and you know, Harry tells Grip Hook. At least he has to see again J.K. Rowling save the best bits for him, right? Because Ron is, Ron is completely useless at this point. No, he's besides himself. Mm-hmm. But Harry, who is having visions of Voldemort, comes through in a clutch. Oh, Griphook, tell her that it's a fake. It's not the real one. Tell her. Right? He got that moment, gets through. Now he's back to business now. And they got to do something. And I think this is when he pulls out the piece of, the piece of mirror and he asks for help and Dobby appears. I was like, oh, the trauma for poor Dobby. I was mad Dobby up here, but I'm just like, okay, this does seem like the only way I think y'all can get out of this situation. Dobby has to be the one, right? Because he mm-hmm. can apparate in and out of here. And I was like, oh, this is kind of, okay, I see a way out for them now. And when I went upstairs, it's when Bellatrix just cast Hermione aside like she was a piece of tissue. It was just like, you can have her now. I was like, what is happening here? This is this is no longer children's balls. Okay, like I'm not even sure as an adult. I am ready to read like the like this is. But this... Uh, you know, and then and then we get the whole scene with um, when with Wormtail coming down there. Right. Yes. So I mean, first of all, they they get taken to the dungeon, and 
there's all kinds of people down there we ain't seen in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. I mean, sorry. They got, they're all old, like legit prison in Malfoy Manor. Mm-hmm. Ollivander's down there. Luna's down there. Dean. Dean's down Dean. there. No, they brought Dean. Dean oh, Dean, Dean, was Dean was with them. Oh, yeah. I must say, that part really got to me when they first initially got caught. And Dean was like, oh, frig, no. No, 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 no. I didn't want you to be caught because. And this is the part that I was just really upset with. Just like everybody understands this except Harry. No, that's not fair, Reels. He does understand. He does understand. He also knows because he says we 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 already did this in the very beginning. Harry says, I don't want you to come. And they basically say we're not letting you do this alone. Period. So I think that Harry accepts this and the moves hero on. Complex. I think no, no I, I, I think I, he's uh uh-uh. uh he's always aware that he's putting other people in danger and he's conscious of it. And he Janine, talks about it. Janine, Janine, you're going back. You're going back to the to the auntie side. Okay. No, we were, we had it's, <laughs> it's we true, the obnoxious. No, you because, want him to be this horrible villain no, that doesn't give see, two shits about anybody Harry, but himself. Harry, Harry and that's does not this true. Thing. Harry does this thing fully well in knowing that no one would ever let him go alone. They no, won't. I don't believe that. They I won't. think he would have went alone. I think no, if they would have said to me, no, listen to Deb, me, listen to please. me. Those I, children I have that. Nah, nah. I don't think he. I don't think he. He is like he's un. Um, that he does not care about anybody else being harmed by by being with him. I think he definitely feels deeply how many people. Have been have been hurt or killed because of him. But oh, on but he but he is aware. He, is. he would be naive to think that they would have let him go out of that space by himself. For him to say, I'm going to do this alone is really, really, really poor service to his friends. Because those people have been through with that boy through thick and thin. They have committed crimes even before Voldemort yeah. showed up with this but dude. He, but he remember he was gonna go to the to the ministry and book five alone. And and technically and technically, they were doing they were doing the criminal act, and he was just basically an accomplice, right? Because he didn't know how to do half of the mess, right? Breaking mm-hmm. out a prisoner that was all Hermione, <laughs> was all Hermione who did all of that. But I mean, what? I mean, we try to get away with the excitement of what's happening here, but but the when Wormtail situation, I was ooh, that mm-hmm. that literally punched me in the throat, kind of. Yeah. Because yeah. it was a thing that I expected to happen. I knew what Dumbledore had said was going to happen, but I was just like, it was the what was so cruel about it was the was the slight hesitation. And that's all it took. That's all it took. And my boy Ron coming through, just like, boy, I ain't got no time for this shit. <laughs> I'll have that wand. <laughs> I'll have that wand. And, all right. You know, like, Ron, give it the old, you know, um, what's the old, what did they call it? The old Boy Scout effort? The, the mm-hmm. expression. The old, you know, let me see if I can do something. Relax you. Okay, that ain't working. All right, moving on. Hermione, here I come. It's like, <laughs> but that was really cruel. I mean, and I think Harry had to see, 
And I think this this whole scene is important in many ways because this 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 setup in Malfoy man experience because I think he got it. I think he finally understood just what they were. I mean, I don't. I mean, he he. I don't know if he'd never been that close to death in that way. That 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 close of literally touching death as it is happening, right? Dumbledore fell back in a dream. I mean, same thing with Sirius. His parents got killed. Flash memory, whatever. He's but he was literally holding a man and trying yeah. to stop this man from killing himself, being murdered. Actually, that you could say right. that's what it was. And that just showed him, I think, the 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 the, the cruelty of um. Voldemort and how this service is and this is why I, I have no uh, sympathy for the Malfoys particularly Draco because boo you know this you have seen this this man talks openly about the things that he has done will do and is doing well the whole Malfoy family are just there for the for the connections and for the the proximity to power, um, they are not courageous, and they're not even Bellatrix, you know. Mm-hmm. Where it's really like I will lay down my life for the Dark Lord, and I'll do whatever. They are just there for the proximity to power, and for the, any kind of you know crumbs or whatever will will come their way from being in Voldemort's inner circle. They are cowards. They are, um, you know, and that just shows over and over and over. They're not talented. Um, so, you know, they are just, Dre, uh, uh, Lucius has married into this family, and they're the ones with the money in the background, you know, the, 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 the wizarding background. We don't know what Lucius's background is, but we know that Narcissa, because she's connected with Bellatrex, we know that they are old wizarding family and pure blood and all of this. But uh, Lucius in particular, he is like the worst of the worst because his, his whole thing is about taking care of number one and he doesn't have anything else going for him. Everything, even, even I'm gonna call the dark Lord so I can redeem myself, it's always about him. It is never even in service to whatever the cause is supposed to be. I, I get that. And, and and this is why, again, I feel, like I said, you know, I feel no sympathy for these people because these people, you know, there's not even a um, philosophical mm-hmm. motivation None. like Bellatrix, you know, like whatever exactly. she believes in, you know. And, and, and we've seen what is also interesting about this book is how... She deals with the, the the evil people, right? The villains. We've learned in, the, in book six, they're petty. <laughs> they're talking behind <laughs> their back. They're scrambling for seats at, you know, Voldemort's right hand. They hate Snape. And Snape, we know that they all hate him. You know, and Snape plays that part to the hilt. You know, and he gathers them all together. You know what I mean? And just like how but Lucius couldn't even gather them the way which Snape gathered these people. But... You know, so there is that whole messy dynamic between that group. But again, these people know and they don't care. They don't care. They know what Voldemort is capable of. Mm-hmm. They, were, they don't need rumors for any of this nonsense. 
And look, we would see later on when we get to that part precisely how they know. They're scrambling and throwing people behind him. They don't care. And this is why, you know, like J.K. Rowling tries to write some kind of redemption, uh, I guess, implicit redemption for these people. And I was like, girl, what are we doing? Not I didn't see any kind of redemption for them, though. I think I saw them stripped of any kind of... Um, yes, but... They stripped of any kind of veneer that they had any, that they had any courage, that they had any power... Um, I mean, Voldemort took care of that. The way he just, you know, commandeered Malfoy Manor. But I don't... I'll have your wand. I mean, they have no power. It just shows they were totally stripped of anything. The way they came... The way they walked onto the stage in the beginning. You know, Lucius and his cape and his... his, um, uh, what was his cane with the sword inside? With the wand inside? Right. I I don't know. Isn't that TV trick? No, but he, no, he he also had the cape. I mean, he was also dressed to the nines and the blo- you know the blo- He was he was uh you know a big deal. He looked of- powerful. He looked powerful when they described him in the book. He looked powerful the way he would bribe um, um, Cornelius. I mean, he just he everything about him was swagger, but there was nothing behind it, and nothing. it was all stripped away. So that you saw that there was, he definitely was the emperor with no clothes. Mm-hmm. By the time you saw him at the end, he had nothing. Yeah, but he, I mean, like, but I don't, I don't know. I felt differently about this, but I guess we'll get to that when we get towards the end. Because I felt that happened for everyone else. What happened because, for everyone else? Because I think no one else was, no one, none of the dead ethers that we are aware of. They were, they were, they weren't. There were nothing with outstanding in the Voldemort. Um, in the shadows. In oh, the yeah. shadows, right? That That is yeah. where they draw their strength from, right? right. That when they weren't, they were measly, obnoxious people in some regards, whatever the case may be. But until the sixth and seventh book, we hadn't really seen evil. We just saw them like a group of people have some kind of like weird obsession sure. with this dude. You know what I mean? But in the sixth and the seventh book, this this shit got evil. Yeah, we see what they're actually capable of. Exactly. You know what I mean? And this thing is no longer... We can no longer afford to, to, to joke around with the situation or act like this is some sort of like... We can be philosophical or, you know, like... Right. You know, like, oh, both sideism at this point. They literally attacked the school in, in book I'm, six. Well, I in, think that they felt, they felt that they could get away. They were doing things they felt right. they could get away. With. Right, and 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 I'm not disputing any of that. The magical world sat there and let this happen. Actually. Yeah, yeah. But what I was saying is just that you know that these people were, but you know, but but I guess there is historical evidence to support this kind of action, right? The Civil mm-hmm. War, the Nazi um, World War Two, you know, like where these people, of you know, January six people, they're allowed to go back to their lives. That's right. And pretend like if nothing has happened. Mm-hmm. When they had caused untold damage, affected real people, done great damage to upset the system, and then they are allowed to fester and cause another set of problem. To the, their their grievances allowed to to fester, and then they come up with a new approach to their to their quote unquote alleged problems, and mm-hmm. that just really really pissed me off because the way which she handled this sort of this thing. Um, is just like, oh, we got rid of the quote-unquote the bad guy. 
And that's it. That's how we resolve that little story. And you just say, girl, this was a movement. Nearly everyone in the wizarding world did not like muggles. This was right. a feeling that they had. Dumbledore was explicitly talking about it. You called him a muggle lover. In fact, your whole minister of magic regarded Hermione like a piece of shit, calling her girly. Like constantly. Like there was this disdain for this, this brilliant um, witch. But literally, your school had a problem with this. Like your school was talking about wiping out muggles in book two, and you people were comfortable saying, "Oh well, I know I'm safe. <laughs> I got. I don't have. <laughs> yeah, I am not yeah. a mudblood. You know what I mean? Like this mm-hmm. wasn't an existential threat that you were sending your children to a place to be educated, and there was someone in there wiping kids out. Mm-hmm. And it's just like whether this was for joke. Because we could assume that this was a joke, right? Like, you know, like this was just some obnoxious student. But then like, Dumbledore quickly put that. It's like, oh, no student could have done this. But, you know, um, let's not get, you know, to carried away. But, you know, like this, uh, this kind of thing irks me because it's just, it's just like, if we're going to talk about a thing and we're going to set this thing up, I think we need to sort of like deal with it in some way. We can't allow it to skirt under the, 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 the surface constantly we can't allow to set up this big problematic society issue and constantly say well we got rid of one dude and so that's okay because as we can see in our daily life that that isn't how it works getting rid of the quote-unquote <clears throat> figurehead doesn't help the situation when all of their apostles and disciples are running around in positions of power which yeah. is what happened um, when the first downfall of Voldemort, that you let these people back into your fold. That was just so easily the way able to get in the connection. And Dumbledore knew this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in our immediate danger right now, Bellatrix is our heroes, um, got out of the cellar, and they were facing with Bellatrix and Narcissa mm-hmm. and Draco mm-hmm. and Lucius. And I, I don't know where the snatchers were. I think they got rid of them. <laughs> yeah. So cool. let me let me ask you a question first, just you know about the actual plot. Uh, so when they're before they get out of the cellar, and um, you know Br- Hermione's upstairs, she's being tortured by Bellatrix, and Harry finds the mirror fragment and like says, "Help us! This is where we are." And he sees the eye. Did you think it was Dumbledore? No. No. Who did you think it was? I didn't know who it was, but I didn't, I didn't think it was. I didn't know who it was. But I knew it would be an answer that I knew. That I've been like, oh, idiot. I never even thought about that. But I knew that it wasn't um I knew it wasn't Dumbledore. That yeah, he I... wouldn't operate that way anyway. It is it just isn't how he operates because Dumbledore would have would have been screaming in that mirror, bitch, forget about the forget about the deadly hallows. <laughs> you know, like, I gave you a mission. I gave you a mission. <laughs> I I know I remember thinking it's not Dumbledore, but I remember hoping that it was Dumbledore. Because I still I don't know that I ever truly believed that he was gone. Oh, okay. We talked about this already. I talked yeah, about and, and I get, and I and I could see that I would have like, I, and that would have been a natural conclusion to for me as well that it was Dumbledore, particularly since we had had the Dumbledore storyline that we had just never knew anything about. We had seen Dumbledore in a 
as a man. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you know, like when she said in book six, you know, like he's dead. I was just like, okay. Because I'm tell you something. When I read book six, I was just like, nope, no, 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 nope. Harry, you didn't do something. Let me go back over. Harry, you missed a step. You missed a step, Harry. Albus cannot be dead. No, 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 no. And then she said, I had to kill him to get him out of the way so that Harry can take his full form. And well, see, I never... I you never paid any. I didn't pay attention right. to that stuff. I didn't read about it. I didn't watch anything, you know. So all I had was the books, and I remember like, oh God, I know that's probably not Dumbledore, but God, I want it to be Dumbledore. But you know, the thing of it is, and you know, I guess it was all the years of reading children's literature and teaching it. That was the standard trope: is that the guide only takes you so far. Far right. The guy, mm, okay. your, 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 your guide, your spiritual guide, whoever it is, whether it's Merlin, whoever right. it is, there is on there, and the, there are places that the hero has to go that even his guide cannot take him. Mm-hmm. And okay. so that was why I knew, you know, it was it was heart wrenching the way it was done. Yeah, but I did feel like, oh, he's really gone. He's yeah, really gone. and now this last episode will be. Harry trying to maneuver this on his own, and I and, and I and I understood it to be, like as they put it, th- that this was a trope that this had to, because if he had to make an appearance, it would it 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 couldn't have been, it would have been lazy to do it at this point. Right, right. Where, he, where he makes his appearance is where he's supposed to make his appearance. Right. Me. I mean that seemed more um, because as much as you know Harry. Um, so that Dumbledore didn't tell him everything and the, the death was unexpected. I knew there was something in that that I didn't know, right? And like I said, that you know, the way which you know, I'd already said, you know, I suspected Snape wasn't so much so, you know, crazy because just in how he approached the beginning chapter of this book, of this, of the, the, the book, sort of like tell me, yeah, I, 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 Snape is not all that he seemed. Because mm-hmm. how he was very calculating, how he was talking, how he sat, how he behaved, and he wasn't overtly like, yeah, let's go get these bitches. You know what I mean? Like, he's just like, sir, I've already told you what this thing is, and we can ignore these ruffians. Behind mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Like, this is how he approached. So I knew there was something going on, and, you know, I didn't go to a conference like Deb where we just discussed separate <laughs> please. You know, but Severus, please, for an hour. <laughs> right. So, I mean, but I didn't know, I, I, I didn't consider it in broader terms, but I felt that, you know, there was something missing. That if Harry didn't, that as I went back over book six and I said, you know, like, he didn't miss a step, I guess. <laughs> because my thing, I hung my hat on, like, Harry didn't find Snape. He was told to go and get Snape. So there was some kind of magical time loop, <laughs> lapse memory, something in that space where the specific instruction was Harry had to go get Snow, Snape, not Snape, get to Harry. But so I knew something was up with that day and whatever the case I mean, but I knew it couldn't have been that Dumbledore. She she said that she killed Dumbledore and I accepted her at her word then. And I, I, I couldn't. And I guess like unlike you, Janina, I couldn't entertain the possibility of him coming back in this mm-hmm. moment. Because this is, this is, because 
I know had Dumbledore, Albus Dumbledore been there, he would have killed all of those people. <laughs> because, yeah. You know how he is yeah. about yeah. You know, about messing with students, right? You see, he grabbed. <laughs> you see how he he yoked up Dolores. It's just like <laughs> Dolores, I won't permit you to put your hands on students. Dolores is you give Dolores a little electric eel. You know, Dolores got gathered. You know, like she had to check herself. So I I just knew that it couldn't have been that. But again, I was just like. Dobby had gone with the children, um, with with um, Luna, Dean, because um, Griphook went upstairs, right? Because that's what happened. They went yeah, because he told Bellatrix that the that the sword was right. The Griphook was upstairs still, and um, Dean, Luna, and Ollivander went. And I was like, Dobby, wherever you are, you need to come back because these children are a mess. They can't. <laughs> they're a mess. Mm-hmm. Like Dobby come back but you know and this is where real rage took over me with this book i know you were mad about the chandelier (sighs) and i was mad that dobby (laughs) had to go through his trauma of being in this house again Mm -hmm. because he didn't deserve this he didn't deserve this he didn't deserve to be he didn't deserve to be sent into this moment I mean, I understood what, you know, what we would know later on. I don't want to give a plot. No, I'm holding on. Um, spoiler Listen, alert. Anybody listening to this has read this book. But, <laughs> I mean, but he was sent, right? We understood he was sent here. Right. And how that, how that situation got dissolved in the book later on is it's like, oh, rage. There are some deaths in this book that I could be like, okay, I can accept it. This was one of them, like, uh-uh, girl. We got words. We don't even have beef. We have a whole ranch. We got cattle. We, we got a lot of problems with this whole. Mm-mm. Yeah, Probably. I agree. I agree. <sighs> nah, I agree. nah. Dobby. But, but so I mean, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um, Dobby, Dobby takes Luna, Dean, Ollivander to Bill and Floors. Mm-hmm. And he comes back for them. Mm-hmm. And he, Harry and Ron and her have, have gotten out of the dungeon after Wormtail kills himself, essentially, you know, by showing his betrayal. Murdered. I mean, like, I mean, I'm going yeah. to say Wormtail is a lot of things, but he was murdered. He didn't, he was, well, he I didn't mean, stop himself. <laughs> no, he, you're right. He couldn't. So I kind of loved that, too. Anyway, I, I mean, mean because I, listen, Voldemort is I get it. brilliant. He is brilliant. He's like, you know what? Let me make you think that I'm gonna take care of you and I'm gonna give you what you want. But what? you cross me, motherfucker, and this hand's gonna kill you itself. But he said that hand. though. He said I mean, like I mean, there is a some of her best writing, I think, goes to Voldemort characterization. Mm-hmm. But he says you know, when and my, my favorite line is just like, you know, even my servant will give a right hand. For this. And I'm just like, boo, what are you going on about? And he says to him when he give him the hand, may you never mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stray again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But I don't, well, I it isn't investigated, so we don't know if Wormtail really understands what that means. But of course, no, they don't. They, they never know? do. They, they never, never do. do. Because they that's not what they're hearing, though. That's not what they're hearing. Yeah. Because Wormtail, remember what Wormtail does, right? He picks up a branch, snatches it, it crushes it to dust, and he was excited because he felt power. Yeah, and right. that's all that they're all interested in, right? Because right. first of all, we know Dumbledore was Voldemort. Uh, Voldemort knew not to trust Wormtail mm-hmm. because he's after that moment when Wormtail had her gone. Wormtail is getting Snape's drink in Snape's dirty old house. I mm-hmm. mean, like you know, what I mean, like and Snape said, you know, like I don't know what he means to do. Like, right. you want more assignment? I could talk to him for you. And he said, no, don't, don't, don't do that. But Wormtail is in an unenviable position, right? His body is unsuited to be anyway. He can't be out in public. Right. Because he is now, because even though we have redeemed um, Severus, I'm serious, we know he murdered 13 people, remember? Right. <laughs> he killed 13 right. muggles. Yeah. He killed 13 muggles. So, I mean, he can't be out and about. Like, no one is going to let, and plus, people would have been angry that they had, you know, dragged Sirius's name because people hate being wrong about something that they were absolutely sure they were right about. You know what I mean? We talked about that. The people were determined that that was going to be, that was the narrative that we have all accepted that this is who has been, who was responsible for this, for these 13 muggles being murdered. Yeah, you ain't gonna screw it up now and make me look like a fool. Exactly. I remember, exactly. I remember, and remember they had they had broken rules and laws by sending Sirius to jail without a trial. Mm-hmm. They had suspended, you know, I guess we would say habeas corpus. Is that what we call it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Might be making shit up. I listen. Think I'm listening to Law and Order, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't know what the magical equivalent to like a fair trial. But you know, so he 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 was. I don't think they none of these people because. Voldemort means what he says. I mean, unfortunately, y'all not y'all don't do the readings because I know Voldemort reading magical Shakespeare. He is famous for a pun, and I was like, he is love. That man don't play. Like when he's talking to people, notice notice when he gets into, and this was something he's exhibited since as a child, right? Right. The only person that can ever. That understood exactly what he's talking about has been Dumbledore. Yep. And that's why he doesn't mess with him. Yep. Because Dumbledore's hair is exactly what he said. Dumbledore's one trying to say, say what you want. Let's have an open request, Tom. And he tried to move for his wand. And Dumbledore was just like, try it, bitch. Try it. <laughs> I would gather you together in this office before Fox even turn around. Like, no. Mm-hmm. And so, so he knew, and and this is precisely why he couldn't even openly go for Dumbledore, because again, he does the thing that this, the heroes are doing, right? A sneak attack, but that didn't. Well, we know that didn't even work either, because they saw that that they saw that mess coming a mile away. But you know, this was so. I I think they just and they learn too late, right? They always think, um, and Dumbledore said this in book six, right? That they all think he's their favorite, but they're not. Nobody is, yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. is. And but that's how... a skill in itself of Dumbledore or Voldemort's to even um, get people to believe that. 
Well, I think these people, they working too hard to try to make it so. They <laughs> exactly. Be. You don't exactly. think they believe that they're the favorite at the moment? No, because no. they're working hard to make sure. If they, if they were the favorite, they wouldn't have to do all of the things that they're trying to do. They are trying, they are really running in place so that he is, not only are they not the favorite, so that he won't be coming for them. Right. So, they live in fear. They live they're in really, fear. Then nobody, nobody's saying, "Oh, you know, me and my master got it like that." No, no. They yeah, know they are the too busy working hard to prove themselves. Look how fearful uh, Bellatrix was just on this when she saw that sword. Girlfriend lost it. <laughs> Her she whole plan got deterred. Like she, she, she couldn't. She I, I agree with that, but I think that when they think they're the favorite of the moment, they believe they are the favorite of the moment. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I think it's something that they have. I think they have to tell themselves that because guess what? All of these idiots have given too much up. Oh yeah. To yeah, be yeah. in that position yeah. where they are, to be in that inner sanctum, right? In order to get, I mean, and we have seen this time and time again, right? It is too late. You have given up everything. You have put it all on the line. Same thing with um, what's his name, um, Regulus Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once you have crossed over into you that, don't get line, to change your mind. You don't, you get, not even get, right. you don't even get to change your mind. It is too late because you have given up so much. You can't just go back to where you think you were before. Like where are these people going to go? Right. I'm you sorry. Have this- I have developed my Jeter ways. I would like to come back to work now. Look at Kakarov. (laughs) Kakarov only, Kakarov lived in fear, right? Kakarov believed he wouldn't have come back. They know things was about to happen. And he's like going to Snape, like, Snape, we got to do something. And Snape was just like, boo, this sounds like a personal problem to me. I mean, I got my shit squared away already. I'm good where I am in Hogwarts Castle. And you see what happens in that moment, right? Because Voldemort is petty. He going after Kakarov and says, like, boo, Kakarov is not an issue. Oh, like, Kakarov is too much afraid to even do anything. But Voldemort is just like, I'm just going to kill this man just for spite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they want to believe, they have to tell themselves, I am the favorite. Because what else is there to do what else is there to show for all this nonsense that you're out here doing? There's nothing. Y'all hole up in <laughs> Malfoy Manor. And that place, as much as it looks opulent, that shit don't look, from what she said, it's just like a big old empty hall. It's a big old couch in the middle of nowhere and dark and dungy. You know what I mean? Y'all ain't rolling in dollars. Y'all ain't Isn't that what most no... castles are like? What's that? Isn't that what most like castle type things are like? But I mean, like, I mean, I'm not gonna see this on lifestyle of the rich and famous. And I mean, <laughs> who's doing that? Look at look 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 at um Fenrir Greyback. He's out here with dirty fingernails, boo. Y'all on the <laughs> winning side. Y'all ain't doing nothing. Y'all just look like a, you know what I mean? They, because, because this is the thing. Because here's the crazy thing is that we know what they don't know, right? Voldemort got no time with all of this nonsense, right? Right, this is for y'all, Petty. He just basically exploited your biases, right? Mm-hmm. He figured mm-hmm. out all of the people that, you know, the natural allies and whatever the case may be, that y'all don't like and seek out whatever the case may be. But he can offer them nothing. Because look, when um, the, um, in the giant scene in book five, Dumbledore has been advocating for them to fix this problem. Wizarding people just like, uh-uh, we ain't messing with no giants. 
he brought them gifts and whatever the case may be. And what did Voldemort come up and say? <laughs> we can offer you people to crush and eat and whatever the case may be. And they have to go hide in and they still like there is no better. They just get to be destructive and whatever the case may be. But that situation can't hold on for long because it's not sustainable. You're not creating a sustainable environment. And that's not what Voldemort is about. He's seeking his things that he's doing, whatever. Well, he's is. a man of the moment. Not Voldemort's not a man in the moment. Voldemort is just basically he's 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 after he's very particular and clear what he's after. We as the reader. Right. And yeah. whatever is in that moment that's gonna help him get there, he'll do it. That's what I mean. Well, also well, maybe uh, another theory we can also explore or put on the table is that maybe whatever he was going after is distracted by the fact that Harry Potter is still alive. Right. That that yeah. just throws a monkey yeah. wrench into everything. Well let's yeah. let's let's get back to Dobby because it's it's almost time for us to wrap it up. So let's finish yeah. that out. So we're we're in the we're in the living room, I guess we'll call it, of Malfoy Manor and uh Bellatrix there's an argument basically um oh oh god how do how do we want to approach this so they're they're in there yeah who's who's gonna is this where they're it's who's gonna call voldemort or did that already happen because in this already called he's already been called because harry knows he's coming yeah yeah that's right Mm -hmm. so um they bellatrix wants to know she's she sees the sword of gryffindor and she wants to know you know how the hell did this happen and she's panicking and blah 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 so the the chandelier starts they hear this noise this i i imagine it to just be like and then boom it falls and this is the distraction that is needed for harry and ron to make a move to get the hell out of there so bellatrix they grab wands Bellatrix notices Dobby and she is pissed. And this is a prime example, once again, of this this wizarding arrogance, right? Like, mm-hmm. how dare you do this to me? And, you know, they don't even consider. She's just pissed. She doesn't even... And Dobby says, you don't hurt Harry Potter. I have come to save them. And even in this moment, she doesn't think to try she she wants to argue and you know talk down to him she doesn't acknowledge that he has magic that she doesn't have or that can defy the things that they have put in place but they don't to think keep about Harry and Ron. The no they don't think about them because they don't respect the magic of the house elves that's right. my point so once again, we're stuck with this arrogance of but he these didn't even wizards. Use magic there, right? Like he did kind of... Well, he does use magic, magic because he disapparates. However, right. he doesn't. But he says, "I'm here to save them." And instead of her being thinking quickly, like he could actually do this, he could get them out of there. She's just wanting to fuck but she you. She doesn't have Dobby. a wand, also. She doesn't have a wand. No, also. but she pulls out her knife. Right. So Dobby, Ron grabs Hermione. He comes to save his girl and he gets her. And they all grab on to Dobby and disapparate. Mm-hmm. And it's like this. No, 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 slow... no, no, no. Ron, uh, no. Ron and Hermione, I think, disapparated 
by themselves because they have a wand now. They do. And then yeah, Harry that, takes right. yeah, Harry takes Harry says, because Harry takes Dobby. Yeah, he and says he take because he feels he feels Voldemort crashing across the threshold. And he knows that any second he's going to be close enough to apparate into the room. Right. Right. So Ron and Hermione go. And whose wands do they actually end up taking? They uh, have Draco's, Bellatrix, uh, and um, Narcissus. No, 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 no. They have Draco. And um, the Drake, they have... Narcissus had directed her wand. They, they have Draco and Bellatrix. And um, Ron yeah. has um, the um, Wormtail. Yeah, Wormtails. Right. So, so it is this moment, which we don't know it. Well, we don't have to talk about that. So anyways, it, that's a significant moment. Um, <laughs> and Reels, what does Harry say? Do you remember? When he, <laughs> is it this moment that he stupefies them? Yes. <laughs> Poor Reels. He with three uh, wands. He's got three Harry wands. Took, Harry took his chance. He le- he leapt over an armchair, rested the three wands from Draco's grip, pointed yeah. all of them at Greyback, and yelled, "Stupefy!" Yes. And, and the triple power. And the fools of the tree lifted off his feet by the triple spell. Mm. Flew up in this. Uh, flew up to the ceiling and then smashed to the ground. It's in my head. I could quote it for you. I know. But anyway, rage, rage. <laughs> Just rage throughout this entire scene. Rage. Just absolute rage. Because Bellatrix is ready to kill and Harry's going to stupefy. And she does try to kill, right? So Harry, Hermione, and Ron. I'm sorry. Hermione, I mean, sorry. Bellatrix was, I mean, they know what torturing can do. Yeah. And he has felt her um, cruciatus curve. Mhm. So you see, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm gonna just blame J.K. for this mess. <laughs> you know, I mean, because I can't even, I, I can't even drag Harry anymore. It would be thing. Oh. And as as this is happening, Bellatrix does the only thing that she can do. She sends that knife through that spot as they are disapparating, as Harry yeah. disappearing with mm-hmm. Dobby, and. Oh. Oh. it's like slow motion it's like slow motion you know they're grabbing each other it's happening they're disappearing and it's oh my god this was written so well because you see it you see it and initially I didn't understand what was going on Mm -hmm. unlike Harry I was there looking at Dobby and I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, girl. Fix this. Fix this. Fix this now, J.K. Fix Stop. this. This is unconscionable. How dare you do this again and again and again? Dobby didn't deserve this. One of the deaths, I'm just like, pick anybody else. I don't care who it is. Dobby, Tonks, and our... Um, Lupin. In fact, those three people. I don't care who you want to pick. I don't care if it's Hermione. I don't care if it's Ron. 
But those three people did not deserve to die. Nah. That ain't cool, girl. Nope, 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 nope. Especially when Dobby, she portrayed... You know, it's just this moment where Dobby's back, and Dobby's back with the sycophantic, I'm here to hear save Harry Potter. Don't Dobby tell Harry Potter. Elf. Dobby <laughs> is a free elf. I was Dobby like, girl, like, what are we doing here? This is so problematic. And this is something I'm, I'm sure people have written about. Like, like oh, yeah. she pulled these tropes out yeah. in this stereotypical trope. And I'm just like, for all of the character development that you have done for Dobby, and the other thing that pissed me off, Dobby can do real magic. And Dobby used that real magic against his former masters. Because Lucius Malfoy is hiding behind a table because Dobby almost knocked the stuff in out of him um, 75 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so don't tell me he's going to just drop a chandelier on these people. Right. Dobby going to do something else. Because Dobby knew what was happening in this moment. Dobby knew knows these people. And that drove me insane. And that this is how he is. It's this, he's a, this magical Negro jumping in front to save the white dude. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Yes. I can't. The slave didn't have, any, didn't have any development. He stayed the same sycophantic person. That Dobby... Um, Harry freed Dobby and Dobby saved Harry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on now. A life for that Dobby saved Harry from a life. Harry saved Dobby, but Dobby did it. And for Dobby to repay that, he must lose his life. Nah, girl, that's messy. That is messy. Mm-hmm. And like that by Bellatrix. Bellatrix get another body. Nah, nah. Mm-mm. I would have much before Dobby slipped down a flight of stairs and broke his neck. <laughs> I'd have been like, okay, accidents do happen. But Bellatrix. Oh, man. Bellatrix called him, and, and here's the word, you dirty little monkey. I was really? like, JK, girl, you will be, you just pull a book, book, big old book. I guess you had low blood sugar. That's what it is, right? Low blood sugar. <laughs> we pull out the old racist trope. I was just like, girl, this is messy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it doesn't even help that she let um, Dean... Wandless later on, and I'm just like Ollivander. You're just gonna make one one for Luna. Get the fuck out of here, sir. Don't play me like this, sir. Don't play me like this. No, uh, 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 uh. This is just, ooh, JK girl. This is crazy. Dobby, I was, I was mad. I was mad. In fact, in my head, I was digging the grave in rage. I was digging that grave with Harry. That part made me cry. Yeah, that's the part that yeah. really got yeah. to me when that, Harry that, was sick in the grave. Because that, to me, there was nothing else for me to do at that moment because I was so upset. I wanted to murder somebody. Like to me, this was not. It was not okay. It was not okay for me. You know, it's a book. I mean, it's a character. But nah, not not Dobby. Dobby had done too much. Dobby deserved so much better than this. Yep. Dobby deserved so much better than this. And Dobby deserves so much better than just being a sycophantic, you know, person running behind Harry Potter. That he was out living a life. He was trying to rehabilitate other people, you know, trying to save Winky. That he had (laughs) steal and lied for Harry and spied for Harry. And now he had to come back here and And die die for Harry. A knife in that. Yeah, this was test. rough. This was rough. This this was, oh my god. This was like 
Albus Dumbledore level heartbreak. I didn't even feel that. I didn't even feel that. I did. I I was devastated when Dumbledore was I felt Cedric death. I felt Cedric death when he when he came back, when he brought back the body. Yeah. I felt that pain for Harry. I felt that. I felt that pain for Harry and the parents. I thought no one deserved this. Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. not. I mean, like, accident happened, I guess. But it's like a moment when you. It's like it's like you know. It's like a moment when you are just having a. It's like a stray bullet, basically. You're out having fun yeah. with your friends, yeah. and you're in your house, and a stray bullet hits you, and your child is dead. That was that. What that moment felt. I felt. Well, I movie, didn't feel as connected. In the movie, that was one of the most for the whole of the fourth movie. That moment gets me every single time, even though I don't I like um connected to him. Like we get to know Cedric a no. little bit, but Dobby, I, I mean, yeah, it's tragic. I'm not no, saying, I'm just because, saying I didn't feel I I didn't feel as connected to Cedric as I did to Dobby. Like the death, it didn't affect me as much. It was oh, like, it, yeah, for me, it wasn't the connection stuff, so much so for but, that with, with Cedric. I mean, I felt it because this was rough. This was rough, real rough for the parents, mm-hmm. for Harry, because he was getting along with Cedric, right? For whatever right. animosity people were trying to gin up. And like yes. he had saw he had seen the brutality of these people so up close mm-hmm. in such an early age that he felt this more than he felt his parents dead, sure. which he was reliving so yeah. many times. Mm-hmm. And this that that Harry had to carry a a child, because I think this is the characterization they want to make Dobby into, right? A silly, underdeveloped, you know, child. His behavior, his speech patterns. And Dobby had done everything, you know, loyal. And a knife in the chest, and hired to hold a grown man in the arm like a baby. In my mind, I'm telling you. The only thing I could, I was just like, I have to dig the grave. And I'm sure, I, I, I don't know if I had, but I remember tear stained in my original book. I don't know if it's the original book I had, because I was mad. I was really mad. I didn't, I was so mad at this moment, because I was I just was like, broken. and I felt, yeah. I, and I, and for the very few times, I felt that pain that Harry was feeling when he was digging well, the grave. Well, because this I, is one more thing that's been taken away from Harry. Yes, it's it's a poor choice maybe see, on um, J.K. Rowling's you part. Look at it, you look at it that way, something taken away from Harry. Dobby didn't belong to Harry. No, to a me, relationship. I don't... It, he had it a wasn't even a relationship. For me, I was mad that Dobby life was taken away from him. That he couldn't Absolutely. get to enjoy I, he, I, I don't that disagree. He had with that to at be all. involved. That the place of his trauma, right? Of his abuse. He had to go back there. He had broken free from that place. It's just like I said, it's like the slaves run back to the plantation and then got killed there. That ain't right. No, that ain't I right don't, at all. and I don't disagree. But you know, I mean, one can be true with the other as well, and I think that's a that's an example of this. Yes, all of that, all of that is true about Dobby, and it didn't have to be that way. And you know, he is he he's clearly a slave of sorts, and all of the house elves are. But 
as far, you know, I mean, this book is Harry Potter after all. And now here we are again, something, someone that Harry has developed a strong relationship with and have been through a lot together is just another loss for Harry. That is a piece of it. I mean, it is. We can't deny that. And that is why when Harry says, you know, we need to bury him, we need to do this properly, we need a good place, you know, and, and they and they have the best kind of little funeral that they can, man, that was heart-wrenching. And, and it was oh, really lovely. When Dean was- came and Dean just went down there and dig it with him as well, and wow. that Harry wasn't using magic? Yeah. Yes, yeah. All of those things, when it was said later on, I was just like, I had all of those feelings in that moment. Yeah. All of those feelings. That to me, I was just like, I have to dig this grave. That I felt like it was one of the weirdest time reading a book that that I felt I was the actual character. I mean, it's different from being in the character's head. Like I felt that I dug the grave, went in that hole, and just because I get, like, you can't talk to me. I don't want to say anything to yeah. anyone. Yeah. I just have, I to, do have this. to do this. Otherwise, what I am feeling, the energy and capability yep. that I'm, I mean, but he's magical. I'm not magical. So I guess for some of my, but he's like, this but, is the only thing that I can allow myself to feel this hard physical manual labor. Otherwise, I am going to crumble. Well, for me, it was most of the, I had to do this because the rage I am feeling I could part the Red Sea. Yeah. I am keeping people yeah. safe right about now. I am so enraged. Because to me, the I book I, 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 the book that way. I, I wanted the book to stop right here because right here I wanted to stop and be like, girl, I accepted everything else. You pass around my way and have questions, but this nah. Yeah, nah, I really love that Harry nah. digging that grave what in in focusing his energy in that moment on physical manual labor was his way of not having a complete emotional and mental breakdown not um go fucking psycho and kill people or go after people i thought it was his way of just i am going everything just keeps getting taken all the people that i care about keep dying in some way connected to me imagine what that must feel like you know everybody everybody in his life from the moment that he's an infant has is gone and it's all directly related to him it's not a tragic accident it's not a car accident it's not an illness it's all directly related to him and here's just one more instinct of that and i just really felt like he's like i'm about to fucking lose it i'm gonna lose it i'm going to have a nervous breakdown and that's what for me digging that grave was all about i got that secondary i think i got that feeling for him when I read the book the second time. But all the while, I was just like, nah, not for Dobby. What did you think, Deb? I definitely thought that... Um, now, now the understanding of um, the stereotypic tropes, that came later for me. Um, I, in my, mo- my first reaction when I, when I read it was, more, was similar to what you just described, Janina. It was like, damn... Another one, another person that Harry has a relationship with is gone. Um, that was where I went at first, and I t- and my feeling was the digging of the grave 
was it's like this is the one thing I can do for him was mm -hmm. I can pour this my grief into this physical labor of digging this grave for him and um you know and not to mention my guilt because mm -hmm. you, you know, that is a part of it but one of the issues that we will see that he said before and that we will see again is that you know these people have died because of me and you know he's feeling that he's, he understands that it's not really just about him it's really about the whole um, atmosphere and environment that has been unleashed by Voldemort, and he's the he has been the center at he's been the been centered in it, but it is in an indirect way um, because of him. And I I didn't I understood it like you know well yeah here we go again he's got to come back to the place where he has been so abused and die as a result. I didn't you know that part I understood later. And after a more sophisticated reading of it, mm -hmm. I I see. Um, I mean, I felt for him. You know, I'm gonna say. You know, this was one of those moments where the book. It didn't feel like if she was writing a book. I felt this moment to be. You couldn't tell me that this moment wasn't real. If that makes oh, any sense. It, well, it, it definitely comes. And of all of the incidents that happened. You and there are many of them that feel that take you into the feeling of it, and where you feel like you're it's an experiential thing. This is one of those, and yeah. I think it because of all of the emotions. And you could, you know, in one regard, okay, it's just the stereotype he's the slave, he has to come save the master. But but Dobby has been given a lot of agency throughout the series, he has been given, he has had character development, all the things you listed, um, Reels, he, they have been independent of, of, of the white people, so to speak. I mean, what he tried to do with Winky and other things like that, there were some things about him that had nothing to do with a master-slave relationship. And we got to see those things. But I do, um, I can appreciate the idea of, is there a way that we can, we can explore the fact that there is a horrible hierarchy among the creatures and we know what it represents. Well, to me, I was always, this is one of the reasons why I don't like Amos Diggory. It's like, sir, you were talking about the care of um, Ministry Department of Magical Creatures. Sir, these, these things are not, these things are not creatures. Right. These are sentient beings. There have <laughs> been none of these quote-unquote creatures that you have showed me who are not walking and talking and being producing complex thoughts and all of this thing. The quote unquote creatures are running your bloody banking system. Right. <clears throat> yeah. They are running your financial system. Nearly everything of value that we in the muggle world consider to be value, jewels and treasure and whatever the case may be, is connected to the quote unquote goblins. And let me tell you something. People be sleeping on their servants and whatever the case may be. But I don't know if I'm going to be saying I'm treating, mistreating people who are cooking and cleaning and taking care of my people. Like, I am not messing with the person who's going to cook in my meal. Mm -hmm. And at least, I don't know how the wizarding community has not been slow poisoned yet. Because in all slavery accounts, slaves were poisoning their masters. I mean, I read the help. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're not even. I mean, you. I mean, like they were giving their masters um, in the Caribbean. 
they were giving them rat droppings, mm-hmm. grind up glass, <clears throat> and tobacco, um, not, um, tobacco juice as well as um, cassava juice, which is poisonous. So they were getting diarrhea and diphtheria every day, all day long. It wasn't just the weather that was killing them. They, they were they, their so-called creatures beneath them was poisoning them. Mm-hmm. And I just, to me, it was just this was this was rough. I don't think I I approached the book became something else for me at that moment. Like it uh, decided shift happened and 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 in in the plot point as well so but to me it was one of those moments where i was in a book and i felt when i because like i said i didn't understand what happened to dobby i was like what i went back and read the pages i was like saying and then harry couldn't say anything i was upset and then luna had to say something and luna moment luna's words were appropriate but I was just like, it can't be from Luna. It cannot, it should not have been from Luna. Looking at it now, of course, the girl got the appropriate thing to say. But it's because I don't think Luna understood, can understand oh, I thought what it was has happened in the moment. I actually was okay with that. Um, I, I don't, I didn't mind that at all. I really didn't. Either. And I mean, the, the, Lu, um, I didn't mind that. I didn't mind. And I think Luna... Luna's sensibilities would that would have been appropriate. Yeah, because she saw her friends hurting and knowing that something needed to be done, but that Harry wasn't strong enough in the moment to do it. I didn't see it as um I I I don't know. I I thought it I saw it as an act of caring. Mm-hmm. I did. And, and when you there was a paragraph where he says Harry placed the elf in the grave arranged his tiny limbs so he might have been resting, then climbed out and gazed for the last time upon the little body. He forced himself not to break down as he remembered Dumbledore's funeral and the rows and rows of golden chairs and the minister of magic in the front row, the recitation of Dumbledore's achievements, the stateliness of the white marble tomb. He felt that Dobby deserved just as grand a funeral, and yet here the elf lay between bushes in a roughly dug hole. I mean, he just really, there was not much more he could do or say. I mean, I, I got that bit. I really did. I mean, like, and you know, you know, my anger is still powerful, as you can tell today. <laughs> I can still feel it. I mean, I got that moment. You know, in the moment, I was literally there at the funeral, right? Like, you know, I felt myself there. I was digging. When everyone came, I felt them go down into the ground, digging the grave that day. On, and I was just like, and then I was just like, but Luna doesn't know what this means. Right? That, you know, that I understand Luna, that Harry mightn't have the words, because I was just like, what do you say? In my head, I'm like, what do you say at this moment, right? Like, I don't have the words. And her words were appropriate. But I, but for me, Luna, this is cheap, because Luna doesn't know. Harry knows. Ron knows what it took for Dobby to be there. What this, uh, what, you know, what I, if I'm making any sense? But the, the Luna is just like somebody just came and rescued her. This no, is just a random that you maybe have never even seen enough. The very thing that you say, Reels, is what makes it so hard for them to do it. It's really because they have a relationship with Dobby, 
And because, I mean, it, this they didn't have a day to prepare. This is instantaneous. So they, because they have a close relationship, they're still in shock that they have lost their friend. You know, so it would take somebody who really had a more surface relationship to be able in that moment to come forward and say, thank you for rescuing me. Because they are just, they can't fathom it. Yeah, yeah but Debbie, you're making sense, but I'm mad. <laughs> I'm still mad. Well, you know. <laughs> I'm still it. mad. I am still okay. mad. I mean, like what she says is appropriate because in my head, being at the funeral, in quotation mark, I'm just like, what do you think she's right? You know, Deb, could you read that line again? What, what she you know? says? What, what Luna says. What Luna says, Luna says, thank you so much, Dobby, for rescuing me from that cellar. It's so unfair that you had to die when you were that. so good and brave. I'll always remember what you did for us. I hope you're happy now. And then that. she turned and looked expectantly at Ron, who cleared his throat and said in a thick voice, yeah, thanks, Dobby. Um, thanks, muttered Dean. Harry swallowed. Goodbye, Dobby. It was all he could manage. But Luna had said it all for him. Yeah. And yeah, I love it. I love it. And then he has to stay behind. He, when they get ready to leave after, um, you know, they they finish the, the the burial and everything, he says, "Do you mind if I just stay here a while?" I think that Harry handled that as best as he could. I mean, I am not. I mean, like Harry handled it, you know, but making sense there. But you know, I I I, I think. I think Dobby deserved more than, and that's what Harry it. said. He deserved he deserved the grand funeral that Dumbledore got. He doesn't deserve death. Dobby he, right. should he didn't not deserve, have died. He didn't deserve to be. They in that robbed place. Dobby of his life for this boy. They robbed him of his life, and Dobby had already sacrificed so much mm-hmm. to save Harry. Already. Yep. Well, take some solace in the fact that, you know, for what it's worth, he made those sacrifices willingly. No. Right. He, it's not like... It's not you're, like pushing, had, you're pushing the buttons. You're no, pushing it's my true. Buttons. It's not like he had, he had to go save Lucius Malfoy. No, right? that is true. That is true. But I think that, again, Dobby had already done this. Dobby had already showed that he was willing to risk his life for Harry. And yeah. his own, because the code, he'd already broken that code for Harry Potter. And yeah. again, you know, I guess she's going to be like, you know, like I think someone says you do not understand what Harry Potter means to the elf community. Mm-hmm. Which, again, we don't know because we've already established, you know, that the elf was, wizard and was means nothing to the elf. It means nothing to them because, you know, like, y'all are always cruel to them. No one has considered that only Hermione and Dumbledore seem to have these people in any sort of regard as, you know, that they deserve any sort of agency. And everyone's sort of like, whatever, you know. But, you know... It's a book. We have to accept it. But this moment is one of the thing. And I have to say, in the movie, they had an out scene 
they didn't do this right. Of course, they never did. And you know, there's an old scene where Luna is heading to school, back to Hogwarts, and Harry. You should look up the you know the, the you know the and uh, deleted scenes that some screenwriter wrote after all this mess had happened at the Malfoy Manor. That Luna leaves the Shell Cottage and is heading back to Hogwarts. And Harry says, Luna, Hogwarts is not the same anymore. And Luna says, I'm not, but I gotta go. Yeah. And I was just like, who wrote this screenplay? I mean, some some white, I bet it's some intern said, yeah, I gotta take that out. Yeah, I gotta take that scene out. Because I'm just like, Luna Lovegood left with the most wanted man. In the wizarding community, and she gonna stroll into Hogwarts and be like, "Hey, I was I'm a back. prisoner. I was a kid from prison. <laughs> <laughs> when is apology? Oh <laughs> what time God. is apology? I mean, you got the notes. You got the notes for Transfiguration. <laughs> oh Jesus." Okay, I just decided to give you that little levity, you know, because I was, I got really heavy and, you know, like mad. Well, that's going to be it for today. I'm just saying, if I ever write a book that someone wants to turn into a movie, I pray to God they don't do me dirty like that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get how much money they're offering me. Let's not, let us not, let us not do things for theatrics. But this was one of those scenes that I, I, the movie does, this is why I hate the movies. They don't handle these moments appropriately. And none of these scenes and none of the the big thing, and even though they took the seventh book and split it into two, they never handle this appropriately. And so much is happening here that we have to end here appropriately. Um, But we're not even out of this chapter yet. <laughs> you know, out of this scene, really. And things that have rolled down progressively. Like, you think they're going down steadily. It's like we were going on the bunny slopes. And now we're on the big boy hill. We're about to roll to the yeah. end. Non-stop action. We were bobbing and weaving like we're on the slalom slopes. But now we're going for Super G. And then we're going <laughs> to go down downhill. It's going to be crazy. It's going to get crazy. Oh, my God. All right. But I know when I read this book at this point, I was just like, ah, I got to stop. I don't know. You can, Jake, you cannot fix this situation. You can't fix it. It wasn't like he was cursed or anything. It was the knife that really got me. A silver knife in his chest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All righty, guys. That's a lot of mischief for the day. I missed you all. I'm so excited that we, uh, um, we got this in the bag. Um, I think next week we're going to get into magical theory, which is what we love to discuss. Yes. Um, so it's going <laughs> to get really excited for, you know, the next episode. You know, just so you know that this is episode number 30, ladies. 30 on seven books. <laughs> on seven books. And we're still in a panini. We are still in a panini. <laughs> like, <laughs> still in a panini. <laughs> Uh, oh, Lord. Well, not, let me take that back. Uh, scary thought, you know, since we're going dealing with things that bump in the night, is that Germany is seeing a third wave and Italy's back on the lockdown. Mm. And I don't know if it's just mismanagement over there. Uh, I don't trust Americans. 
So <laughs> we just want to see the thing go down by 2%. And then we're like, yeah, let's open everything back up. Let's 2% drop in infection. Meanwhile, we have not had mass testing. And as someone pointed out on Twitter today, this government hasn't given us a single mask. Not one. But, you know, so I just say all this to say we might be in this panini. We might be in lockdown for a long time. So, Janina, though we're going to finish this book in the year 2100, you better come up with another book. You know, we got to discuss another book because we're going to be in the Black Cauldron for a long, long time. <laughs> so, you know. <sighs> I, I, I agree. Pick things up. I agree. So. All right, guys. All right, guys. It's fun. It's fun, you know. And one all together now. Let's start a new year, new thing. Let's get it together. <laughs> Mischief, Mischief. managed. Managed. Yeah, no. <laughs> Some things never change. We try. Some things you're right. Never ever change.